It's cold outside. I'm not a fan of this. I, I don't like this, but I'm seeing a couple good Christmas shirts out there, so I'm, I'm liking it. The guys, guys are doing a good job. Uh, so today we are going to continue our Advent series looking at kind of the first Christmas playlist. Through this series, we are looking at some of these songs associated with the birth of Christ, the first Christmas. Uh, last week, we looked at the song of John the Baptist's dad, and we talked about what it's like to be in a season of waiting, that, that God is not just sitting idly. God is working in the silence, in the waiting. And so today, we're actually going to jump in the story a little bit to after Jesus has been born, and we're going to look at an interaction he has in the first month or so of his life. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We are going to be picking up in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the, <coughs> for the consultation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, uh, excuse me, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary by the law, and we're going to pause right there and we'll continue in a second here, but I want to pause here to focus on just a couple things at the beginning. I really want to know this story. Do you ever have that when like something is just like alluded to and like, I, I want to know the story. Like Simeon, the Holy Spirit talked to him and told him, you're going to see the Messiah? What, what kind of life led up to that point? What, what kind of faith did this guy have that the Holy Spirit came to him and said, you will see the Messiah, I promise you? The story's not there. That's a little bit of a bummer, but I just love that there's so much to, to the story that we don't have the answers to. It's such a bigger picture that I just really like just pausing and thinking about that. But I do want to note the presence of the Holy Spirit here throughout Simeon's life, the Holy Spirit is present. It's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he's not going to die before he sees the Lord's Messiah. And then, moved by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, he goes to the temple courts. Now, I did a lot of reading on kind of this idea. The dominant view is that Simeon went to the temple courts all the time. It wasn't just a, he goes there this one time. It's, he's there all the time, waiting for the Messiah waiting for this promise to happen. How many kids do you think passed through there during this time? Dozens, hundreds, we have no idea. But Simeon is patiently waiting there, going to the temple, waiting for the day that the Holy Spirit will say, that's the one. That child is the Messiah. Now, this kind of begs the question of why why is he going to the temple? What, what is happening at the temple here? Well, as we talked about, he's talked about here, they're going there to do what is required of the law. Two options. First one could be uh, Jesus' circumcision and naming ceremony, which typically happened on the eighth day after birth. And that is kind of alluded to in the passage above, but it's uncertain if this is a continuation of that same story or if this is kind of a, a jump cut to a different scene. The other option would be 40 days after the birth, there's a purification ceremony that happens. Either one of those is more than likely why Mary and Joseph and Jesus are at the temple. So during this scene, Jesus is either eight days old or a little over a month old. So 
Either way, real tiny baby. Now, this is the setup, and then finally, Simeon sees the child. Uh, the spirit. Uh, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, to the glory of your people, Israel. Now, I love just the pure joy that you see radiating out of this. There's no hint of resentment of Simeon saying, you know, because we don't know how long, you know, was this promise made to him when he was younger, a child, older. We don't know. But there's no resentment of the time he had to wait for it. Just joy. And honestly, faith. Because he sees this child who's at most 40 days old and sees his future, sees what he's going to become. I love the, this is honestly a great summary of kind of who Jesus is in the gospel right here. So it starts with sovereign Lord. Right away, fully laying out God's in charge of everything. Everything happens under God's direction. Moving into salvation, Jesus. It is God's salvation. Not, not our salvation. It, it, it's God's salvation for us, but it's not salvation we're getting out of ourselves. We're not building it ourselves. It's all from God. It's done in the sight of all nations. It, it, it's happening here on earth. It's not this idea that, oh, you got to be kind of ephemeral, floating salvation somewhere. No, it's, it's tangible. It is right there. God became flesh. And you get this movement to everyone. The salvation is to the Gentiles and also to the people of Israel. And if you know, there's an interesting reversal here. Most of the time you see this referred to in the other way, to Jews and Gentiles. Simeon kind of does that quick reverse there. It's, oh, it, it's the Gentiles and the Jews. Really just kind of doing this mirror highlight of this salvation for everyone. In this two, three-verse passage, Simeon's basically summed up the entirety of the gospel and really gone a lot deeper than you would expect. But none of this, this reaction, none of this would be possible without two things. One, faith, right? We talked a little bit about Simeon's faith, how much faith he had to have to believe that this promise would happen, that he would see the Messiah, and then faith that when the Holy Spirit told him that child is the Messiah, to believe that. To see this tiny baby and believe that's the baby that's going to save all of us. So faith, but also some action on his part. How would the story have been different if Simeon hadn't gone to the temple? Waiting. Waiting. Actively, excitedly to see the, full, the fulfillment of this promise. The Spirit led him to the temple, but also led him to be faithful in his time at the temple. Led him 
to day after day. Watch. Wake up every morning asking, is this the day? God promised him something, and he didn't just, I'm going to stay at home, and then God will make it happen. Now, God probably would have made it happen, right? If God promised you're going to see the Messiah, it would have happened. But I love Simeon's, no, this is, I want to see this. Is it today? Is it today? Going to the temple. He was eager. He was desperate to see this happen. He probably looked kind of creepy sitting at the temple, just creeping on babies coming in, coupled with their babies. And like, I, the passage doesn't really kind of talk about this transition. All it is, you know, and you know, going back, oh, all the way back here. You know, the parents went in to do what was customized them, and Simeon took the baby in his arms. Just this, this dude is just coming up and grabbing the baby. Again, I kind of want the story of just what that, how that would have played out. But it's his passion, his just desire to see this happen that led him to do this. God promised him something, and he was going to do everything to make it happen to see it happen in front of them. So our question becomes, what, what are the areas in our lives right now that God is calling us to actively partner? What are the areas that God wants to highlight goodness, grace, that God wants to move in us? Is it in your personal spiritual life? Is God calling you to actively step that up, to spend more time with God? to start a prayer schedule, to start a reading, so whatever it is, is it there? Is it in your personal ministry area? You know, we talk a lot about being missional. We talk about, like, what is your mission field? What is your mission area? Is that where the Holy Spirit is leading, is nudging? Identify. Dive in further. Is it in relationships? Is it in relationships with your family, friends, coworkers? Is the Holy Spirit nudging you to push those relationships to a deeper level? To open up more conversations, open up more time, open up space for Jesus to be present in these relationships? Is it in your church life? Is it here at Rivertree? Is God calling you to dive in further, to invest? to jump in. There's a litany of areas it could be. But God is calling us, the Holy Spirit nudging, Holy Spirit leading us to go somewhere. Where is our temple? Where is the spot we are constantly going to be coming back to day after day, waiting for this promise, but actively waiting for this promise, actively wanting to jump in? What are those areas for you? So we're going to break the service up a little bit different today. So I'm going to wrap up now. We're going to sing a little bit. And then I'm going to come back up and talk in a less sermon-y context. I wanted to break it up so it wasn't weird. But. So join me as we pray right now.